This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. What's the focus on BFM 89.9, the business station? Good morning. You're listening to The Morning Run. It's 9.36 a.m. on Friday, the 9th of February. This is WTF, or What's the Focus? Our weekly roundup show of the top stories this week and other news tidbits you may have missed. It is a special edition because today is, of course, the eve of Chinese New Year, uh, which means that... uh, Kitchens all over the country are busy preparing for that reunion dinner that will take place uh, this evening. Uh, Xiaoning and Phil, what are you looking forward to most? I'll be cooking, cooking, (laughs) cooking, cooking. I've got like six or seven dishes to prepare. So immediately after this show, I'm going home. Which is the most difficult, challenging dish for you, Xiaoning? Actually, they're all pretty okay. I think the the hardest is actually the roast pork, honestly, because that t- requires skill and I, I don't have the skill. Mm. But I will try. I will try. All right. Well, I envy both of your delicious dinners this evening. Uh, in the meantime, what we're going to do for the next half hour is make sure that you are armed with lots of interesting stories uh, and tidbits of information to share with your relatives as you see them throughout the weekend. Our first story takes us to the football pitch where star footballer Lionel Messi is arguably creating the wrong waves. So he joined Inter Miami in the U.S. last year after a star-studded career in the European Football League. And Inter Miami have been on an international preseason tour over the past week, visiting Riyadh, Hong Kong and Tokyo. But it's really about what happened in Hong Kong or what didn't happen in Hong Kong that is causing a lot of kerfuffle. Well, what didn't happen was he didn't play in Hong Kong. There was a lot of expectation that he would be on the pitch performing at least, but that clearly didn't happen. But what I think even added more insult to injury was he then played later in Japan, which then sparked a lot of controversy. So the reason given for his absence in the uh, games in Hong Kong was uh, I think it was due to injury so they wanted to preserve his health or or his physical health whatever Uh, but then in Tokyo uh, he then appeared on the pitch at the 60th minute of the game which caused a lot of consternation among Chinese football fans fans who travelled a long distance actually and probably paid a lot of money uh, to see their favourite player in action Yeah so social media was very busy the Chinese uh, Weibo I think the hashtag medical Miracle trended high with more than 1.3 million views because they were questioning how could this star actually make such a quick recovery three days after the Hong Kong game when he was declared unfit and then others lashed out against what they saw as disrespect for Hong Kong and China. So one user wrote in a comment, Messi must give Chinese fans and the Chinese people an explanation. I think what's very interesting with this story was that it's even involved the government, right? Because even they were saying, look, they were observing. He, there was 10 minutes left in the match. They were informed they didn't hamstring injury. So they were saying, oh, let's do some alternatives, like at least appear on the pitch, right, to receive the trophy. But that did not uh, materialize as well, to the point that even the territory's chief executive, John Lee, was even on record to say he was extremely disappointed by Messi's absence there. So I'm just going to give you a couple of numbers, right? The match in Hong Kong drew 40,000 fans with some spectators paying nearly 5,000 Hong Kong dollars for a ticket. Um, And apparently, according to the Global Times, the Consumer Council of Hong Kong received 547 complaints related to Messi's absence. 
involving a total amount of 3.64 million Hong Kong dollars. Yeah. So interesting, right? Like if you're if you're like a celebrity like myself, right? How important is it to have your presence in China because really for Messi, China's such a big market, isn't it? He's got sponsorship from Huawei, Cherry, Tencent and all the likes, right? So is there also a commercial part and did he actually have a political element here when he decided not to play? I think that is the speculation that's really causing a lot of consternation among Chinese fans. Right? Is mm. did Messi not take the field as a rebuke to China or or to Hong Kong? Whether that's you know a, whether yeah. to me it sounds a little bit far fetched, but uh, that is the perception that some Chinese fans have, which points to I suppose the potency of geopolitical tensions mm. and sensi- sensitivities uh, that are in the region. So this is every little thing is seen as a snub. And it's seen as a political snub, wider than what it really is, when he could have just really been unfit to play the match. Mm. We don't really know. I mean, we're not him. We're not part of the team. We're not the coach. We're not the medical doctors. But it has become so much so where politics and sports are all intertwined. And it's not the first time that um, sports and and Chinese politics have have come into a conflict or come into the fore. Don't forget the NBA um, controversy from a few years back as well, where we had NBA players who were uh, commenting in support of the Hong Kong protests, for example. That caused a huge uh, backlash in China, resulting in some even boycotting NBA matches or NBA merchandise and stuff, right? And it's not only a Chinese issue, it's a global issue. If you think about sports and how even sports intertwines with with, music and entertainment, the classic example is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, right? The NFL quarterback, I think. And there's so much hype about that partnership, that boyfriend-girlfriend partnership, right? <laughs> Whether or not even the Democrats in the United States want to take advantage of that. Indeed! There were headlines over the past few, uh, past week or two about how the Biden campaign is looking to earn Taylor Swift's endorsement. That caused a lot of outrage in Republican camps, so much so that Republicans are, are saying that Taylor Swift is some kind of secret decoy of the Democrats or whatnot. It it does sound extremely ridiculous. I mean, can't they just be a couple that are in love? Could be, but you know, am I the only only dreamer out there or the the one that doesn't think too much into relationships? I think when you're backed by a multi- billion dollar industry i guess those uh it's it's easy to be a bit jaded about uh these types of things right but i think just another thing i wanted to flag about taylor swift and just the juggernaut that she's that she has the fact that uh, she's also seeing backlash from some of her fans because of her silence on uh, geopolitical issues like the war yes. in gaza she's been noticeably silent and i think that is causing consternation among a group of her fans and whether that will see broader repercussions is something that i'm going to be watching uh, pretty closely yeah i will you know just a Fun fact, one of our listeners, Ilam Faisal, actually uh, 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 us to say, actually, Lionel Messi actually did once come to Malaysia, but he refused to play last time when he visited Malaysia due to the status of the playing field then. <laughs> mm. But that's embarrassing. That right, is for embarrassing, embarrassing for, for Malaysia. Us. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. us. Yeah. I mean, let's hope that uh, if he were to come again, that wouldn't repeat itself, right? Because, uh, yeah, polit- it's not even political. It's really just the physical issue yes. of our infrastructure. That was the problem. But again, the political issue has huge repercussions. It's so interesting that if you connect the sports to the celebrity, to the political, how even the political is even breaching the economic 
impact right of certain businesses? That's right. So if you've ever wondered whether consumer boycotts actually make an impact, I think we can turn to the recent earnings from McDonald's and Unilever for some indication. So if we take a look at McD, despite a fourth quarter earnings beat, uh, investors focused on the company missing its revenue estimates. So revenues have no doubt gone lower uh, since the purported boycott of McD products. Um, and uh, yeah, we're seeing that. So what does this mean when, when, when these results happen, right? When, when McD looks at this, then will, he, will they just slow growth in those markets? Will they exit certain markets as a result of, of these really bad performance? Because the numbers here don't seem to suggest that it's yet at that dire stage, right? No, but I think they're trying to provide some guidance to the investment community to warn them that if quarter on quarter there is some revenue decline, these are the reasons for it. Actually, a lot of these corporates, the reasons why they do this is just to manage expectations so that investors are not surprised. But the point about all this is that these boycotts are really beginning to be seen in terms of the actual revenue numbers for these companies because certain markets are significant. So let's say for McDonald's, when you talk about the Middle East and they're including even Indonesia and Malaysia in this, it then becomes a sizable chunk, Mm. chunk of change. And for Unilever, this is more the Unilever Indonesia businesses, which are Apparently, they have had their fair share of fake news not helping the company. So they did see, now this one's quite significant, a 10.5% decline from the year ago. Now, what what would you do if you're a corporate? Do you just sit still or basically issue a statement saying, this is not true, we are not related, you know, we have not participated in any way? I don't know. It, it, it's a tough line to, to walk, right? You might do something like what Family Mart Co. Limited's largest shareholder, Itochu Corporation, did when there were these rumours or speculations about their links uh, to an Israeli defence company. Um, I think uh, the Family Mart... Uh uh, authorities actually said that uh, they were going to be ending um, their memorandum of understanding with Elbit Systems. That's the Israeli defense company. So in a way, they tried to head off, mm. uh, I think, uh, a greater boycott action mm. by saying that, oh, we're, we're going to be ending our ties with them. So maybe we'll see some companies um, taking that route. And I think no doubt that's what the boycotters want to see happen, that more and more uh, businesses perhaps um, isolate Israel from the broader economy in, in a bid to push them uh, for to take action. Yeah, I think that's the better. I think that's the right outcome. I think that what people would want them to do. I do worry that some corporates might take a different approach and they say, "Oh, let me just rebrand it or add a different portfolio." Or so exit. That, or exit because that's mm. not really the right answer. If if the goal of the, the of the boycott was to basically drive specific action, right, specific corporate action. So really, I I do think certain corporates might take a very different view, though. And I think it's important also to acknowledge and recognize that uh, the impact will, you will have local impact mm. because these corporates, they do hire mm. locals in their operations. You know, it's not uh, some distant uh, impact that we're aiming for. It does take a hit on people living in the country. So be aware of that as well when we take these types mm. of actions. Uh, but maybe we can look at another story about, um, there's no boycott against uh, this car brand, I think, but no. apparently it is facing very weak sales uh, in Korea in particular. Um, Shaoning, what exactly is going on? <laughs> it's Tesla. I was quite shocked. They only sold one car in January in South Korea. One. one, just one, <laughs> okay? Um, the worst month for Tesla in South Korea since July 2022 when it sold zero cars. I mean, well, one and zero is 100% improvement, <laughs> but still. Uh, and the reason why uh, they say the cars, well, the cars haven't done so well is partially because 
inflation is real in Korea. That's number one. So there are cost of living pressures. Number two, there's been concerns about battery fires after an EV battery exploded in an apartment lot. And there's also been a lack of fast EV charges in the country. 90% of public charges are actually slow charges. So it's a few things, right? One is the broader economy is not doing well. I don't feel good. I'm not going to spend my money yeah. on an expensive imported electric vehicle. Number two, I worry about... Is this car going to be safe? And I'm sure these pictures of the car on fire went round like crazy on social media. And then the third thing is, is this car going to be convenient and easy for me to drive? And if there aren't enough charges, then of course not. So all these come together and explain why Tesla only sold one car. I mean, we don't have this information at the moment, but I do wonder whether other EV marks also had the same uh, type of trend. I think in general, Korea's EV sales were affected by strong seasonal swings in demand. Many people uh, reportedly avoid buying vehicles in January because they want to wait for the government's announcement of subsidies. Uh, so I'd be curious to see whether other EV marks also uh, saw a drop in sales during January and whether that's going to pick up later on. Well, I heard an anecdotal from an analyst actually saying that in Malaysia, for EVs, it's not the second, it's the third car. So in a household, people don't use the EV as a second car, but a third car. And that's going to drive, we'll slow down penetration here. All right. It's 9.49 a.m. We're going to head into some messages, but we'll come back with more stories from the week on WTF. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. 9.50 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Wong Xiaoning and Philip C. This is WTF or What's the Focus, our weekly recap show. And we're just recounting some of the headlines and stories that have caught our attention throughout this week. Uh, turning our attention to local news. Uh, of course, today, 9th of February, is the eve of Lunar New Year. Uh, everyone's gearing up for reunion dinners this evening. Uh, but guess what? To many of uh, those people may have to stay in office uh, until the end of the day rather than the customary half day, at least those working at Bursa Malaysia. That's uh, the story that we have. That's right. They will reinstate full day trading on the eve of Chinese New which is today. And so too bad you have to work all the way up to 5pm today. I think this also applies to Hari Raya though as well, right? Yes. They're really removing yes. half day uh, trading for all festive seasons. I think um, that's because it's just disruptive. Half day yeah. trading is just odd. So... For me, they should just close on the eve completely. <laughs> well, okay. Isn't the problem do solved? A, do it at Hong Kong and China, right? Just close it. I mean, don't Ooh. have this like, should we have half day, not Hello. half day? Let's just give a full day off. Hello, we have to be a productive nation, okay? <laughs> we have to be a productive country. So I, I, I don't know what the policy is for other companies. I would love to get our listeners to get their perspectives, what their you know policies are pre-eve. But like for some companies I know, or they say for those who celebrate Chinese New Year, you can take half day. But for those who don't, too bad, you're working onwards, right? And if you are celebrating Ch Raya, you for those celebrating Raya, you can take half day. For those who are not too bad, you have to work. That's quite common. In yeah, most of the organisations right? I worked in, that was the concession that they made. And I think it's a fair one. I mean, you yeah, you know, it's because it's, it's, it's your festival, you celebrate it, take the time off and go home and prep for things. Mm. Or why do you just take leave? Yeah, you could. But that you is know, also the are, option. We love to work here. Oh, we're super, mm -hmm. we're workaholics, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but related to the Chinese New Year celebrations is also news about the toll-free travel. Putrajaya has announced a two-day uh, toll-free travel. Um, that's February 8th and 9th. So all those uh, people who are on the road beginning yesterday and today will enjoy um, free travel across the highways. So I have to make an admission. I was really excited when I heard this because... 
in, you know, in Klang Valley, there have been so many new highways that have opened up recently. <laughs> so I was like, okay, there was one or two days where Chinese Day, I'm just kind of fed up with my family. I wanted to just get out of the house. Mrs. C, did you hear that? Mrs. Yeah. C, did you hear that? Uh, she doesn't, nah, don't worry about I'll that. I'll send her the podcast later. Sure. <laughs> anyway, so I thought, oh, let me try all these new highways since, you know, it's toll free as well. But that's not the intention, right? These toll frees aren't for people like me just, you know, gallivanting all around the city. It's for those who are actually needing to commute to back to the hometowns. Okay. Let's have a little debate. Do you think it's a good idea? It does, uh, it does cost the government money. So for just these two days alone, it's going to cost the government 43 million ringgit in terms of actually paying off the toll concessionaires. It's not like the toll concessionaires are giving it to us. It's the government giving it to us. Yeah. So my take is, all for removing it on the provisio, we have good public transport. That the alternatives we offer to our public actually allow us to shift away from cars to public transport. Once you create, you know, a really good rail, bus, public transport infrastructure, then people transition to that. By all means, you don't need the tolls then. Toll free. I also wonder, okay, so against this backdrop is our whole communication when it comes to the environment. And, you know, whether we want to tell people to use their vehicles less. And we are mm. moving towards removing eventual removal of petrol subsidies. So for me, it's a messaging that has to be cohesive at the same time. And you're right, public transport does come into this element. So what we want to do is really discourage people like Philip C who are just gallivanting because they just, uh, you know, want to take advantage of the toll-free. But on the other hand, there are Malaysians who do need this subsidy because travelling highway is not cheap, right? And maybe this is something that they the, the savings is meaningful to them. Indeed. And I guess the discussion of toll-free highways, look, even if we don't pay a toll, somebody will have to bear the cost of maintaining these highways. Yes. If it's not us through the toll payments, it's going to be us through taxpayers' money yeah. if those uh, highway structures are under the government. So I think we do need to keep that in mind. Nothing is really free when you think about it. Nothing. So um, I, I think that is <laughs> that something. <was> ominous. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing is ever free. i tell you what's not free though. Nice shirts for Chinese New Year. <laughs> okay. I mean, I would have hoped you'd have done your Chinese New Year shopping by now, Phil. I am not buying any new shirts this Chinese New Year. I know Madam Wong is, has bought plenty of for uh, this Chinese New Year. Did you just Year. call me Madam Wong? Yes, I did. Because, but you might take a cue from our new style icon, Tony Poir. <laughs> yeah, he and his dinosaur shirts, which I have to say, very cute. Very yes. cute, Tony. I wonder who is he referring to? Which dinosaurs is he referring to? Is he referring to political dinosaurs? But the point is, all of y'all who are shopping for Chinese New Year, stay safe, right? And, uh, you know, the point... We also should always remember, drive carefully. Indeed. Don't speed. You'll get there eventually. And no dinosaur shirts. No, I think dinosaur <laughs> shirts are cool. Well, from all of us at The Morning Run, uh, have a wonderful Chinese New Year. We will see you next week on Tuesday. That's all from WTF What's the Focus. We have the 10 a.m. News Bulletin coming up next. And then it's over to Enterprise, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.